Oh! 
I can only bow down and say 
presence. Sing it again now. As I come into your presence, past the gates of praise. Oh, yes, to that holy place. this morning. Lord, you're awesome. Amen. Amen. Just thinking upon that holy place, those angels covering their face and their hands and just crying, holy, holy, holy. I think we can just lift our hands to him this morning and say, Lord, you're awesome. Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're holy. And Lord, you're a great God. Hallelujah. Amen. We're so thankful for the presence of the Lord this morning. Man, I want to ask for prayer for Brother Kenneth Middleton, that the Lord will strengthen his body. Also, Sister Barbara Rissler turns in a request for a, a Cindy Busilli for a serious stomach problem, that the Lord would just touch her. Also, we have a request for Brother Jerome, uh, that he has pneumonia. Ask the Lord will touch him. Also, the Lowry family still battling some sickness. Our Brother Timothy way ministering, just having a lot of difficulty with his voice, pulling a lot out of him up there in, in uh, the Cloverdale area, amen, but we we'll just ask that the Lord will just continue to pour out his blessings and be with his servant there as he ministers the word. We ask Brother Joe Adams to come open the service for us in prayer, and as he comes, if you have a need, let's just lift it to the Lord together. opportunity that we have this morning, Lord, to come into your house. Lord, this building that's been dedicated, consecrated, Lord, set aside, Lord, only for your worship, Lord. And we're here this morning, Father, to offer you our praise. Lord, offer you our worship, Lord. And Father, no doubt many have come in here with baggage, Lord, different things that are trying to hold us down. Lord, the cares of this life, Lord, we're trying to pull against us, Lord, and get us out of the, Lord, the mindset to receive from you this morning. But, Lord, we're here this morning. We want to lift up our holy hands in adoration and in praise, Father. And we just want to give you our worship, Lord, knowing that, Lord, your word tells us to praise you, the Lord. Lord, we want to praise you this morning, Father. We want to praise you with our hands. We want to praise you with our feet, Father. We want to praise you with our mouths, with our song, Lord. We want to praise you with our worship, with the pulling on the word, Father. We're going to do all that we can to create an atmosphere this morning, Lord, that sickness can leave this building, Lord. Lord, that salvation can come to your people, Father. Lord, we want to pray this morning in such a way, God, Lord, that you'll be mindful, Lord God. You'll come down in our midst, Lord, and let your Holy Spirit begin to move and begin to, Lord, begin to woo upon hearts and lives. 
lives, Lord, and begin to minister to the needs that are in the body, Lord. We pray, Father, your Holy Spirit, Lord, to begin to move in a certain way, Lord, to move the ministry off the word this morning, that he can go to that certain individual, Lord, that's crying out for a touch this morning. There may be one, Lord, that, that was like blind Bartimaeus, thou son of David, have mercy on me this morning. Lord, may that be us this morning. May we cry out to you, Lord, with an expectation that you're still God. You're not a dead God. You're not a God of history, but you're a very present help this morning in our times of trouble, in our times of need. We can call upon you, O God. Lord, we don't call you to bring you down and call to lift you up, but we, Lord, we know that the word is nigh, the even in our mouths, Lord, and we're here with our mouths to give praise to your name. We're here this morning to worship you in spirit and in truth. We're here this morning to declare that you're our healer, Lord, and we ask you to heal those that were mentioned this morning, those that are being bound by the flu symptoms, oh God. We pray right now, Father, that that chain of darkness will leave right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Those that were stricken with pneumonia this morning, God, may it leave right now, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, those that are suffering financial troubles, may it leave right now, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord God, may you pour out your spirit this morning. May you pour out the blessings, oh God. May you open the windows of heaven, oh God. And may you rain down in our midst this morning. Lord, we're a people in need this morning. And we're in need of you, great Jehovah God. We're in need of you to come by our way. You're the living God. We're calling upon you this morning, Lord. We've seen signs and wonders, Lord. We've seen Mariah Pruitt, Lord. The hair returned to her head. But we're expecting again, Lord, for our need this morning. We're in needy people, Lord. There's loved ones out there that are lost. Lord, some of us have our kids here that are wayward, Lord God. They need a touch from you this morning. We send your Holy Spirit after them this morning, Father. May your Holy Spirit arrest them, O oh God, where they are. Oh, to call them back to you this morning. We built this church with a vision, oh God, that it'll be full of prodigals. Lord, may you, may you honor that word this morning. May you send your spirit after them today, God. May you anoint your minister this morning, God. May he get beside himself and allow you to come and speak, Lord God, the things that are mindful, the things that are needful, the things that we have need of this morning. Lord, we're asking for that anointing. We're expecting that anointing. We're calling that anointing down this morning, God. May we not just get by on what we had yesterday or last week or at a camp meeting God but may we be under the expectation this morning that you're still God you still search the reins of the heart you still minister to the needs and the lives of your people we're asking for you to move this morning Father Lord I pray if there be anyone that's here sleepy and, and tired and weary in their body God may they shake their self this morning God may they prepare their self may they prepare to receive the word Lord we believe that your servants prepared all week Father May he not come out to some dead church. May he not come out to some that are indifferent and don't have the mind to receive. But Lord, may he come out to an atmosphere this morning, Father. Oh, such an electrifying atmosphere. People, Lord, men and women, young and old, ready to receive the word of God. For the word is eternal life, Lord. And without it, Father, is nothing but death. So we're calling upon you this morning, Father. Lord, we're calling upon you, great Jehovah. Jesus Christ, may you minister this morning. May you move this morning, Lord. May you break every shackle. May you destroy every fetter, Lord God. May you move, Lord. May the eyes of your people be open that they can see you're a living God and you're here this morning and eating a light tabernacle. You're here moving, Lord. You're here healing the sick, Lord. You're here delivering the needy, Lord. You're here supplying to every need, Father. You're here as our protector, Lord. You're here as our burden bearer this morning, Father. May they see you, Lord, a living God. We just worship you now, Father. Bless the song service. 
Lord, may we just get caught up in your presence. And may you bless us this morning, God. As our worship goes up, may the rains of your spirit begin to fall down upon us, oh God. Bathe us in your presence, oh God. Saturate us with your goodness this morning. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. I ask the brothers to take up the offering. If you had a need, if you lifted your hand to the Lord, if you called upon his name for anything, I think we can say this with all of our heart. Whatever it is, I will not be denied today. Oh, I would not be denied. Oh, no. Jesus came and made me whole. I would not be denied. Oh, yes, I would not be denied. Oh, no, I would not be denied. Oh, till Jesus came and made me whole. I would not be Ah! 
you can be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. My heart was distressed neath Jehovah's dread frown. And lo, in the pit where my sins drank me down, I cried to the Lord from the deep miry clay who tenderly brought me out. salvation till many shall hear the truth and trust in God. Amen. Did you enjoy the Wednesday night service? Amen. It was wonderful, Brother Aaron. Just ask the Lord will be with us again this morning. Amen. We're going to ask Sister Mandy to bring her special as she comes. Let's just sing that chorus. I know the master of the wind. I know the maker of the rain. Amen. He can calm every storm. I know the master of the wind.
try to fit you in the walls inside my mind. I try to keep you safely in between the lines. I try to put you in the box that I Try to pull you down so we are eye to eye. When did I forget that you've always been the king of the world? I try to take life back right out of the hands of the king of the world. How could I make you so small? the king of the world. Amen. The splendor of a king. Glory. 
upon our lives Lord we're thanking you that your mercies are new every morning and that they're here today new drops of mercy coming down from the Father above lifting up our spirits granting us new faith helping us Lord to be overcomers giving us power in this time of darkness Lord, I pray that you'll bless us today. Lord, that you'll just open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that we won't be able to contain it all. Lord, I pray that you would, as the son of righteousness, would arise today with healing in his wings. Lord, that the sun rays of the light of God dispel every fear and every doubt and all unbelief and cause us to believe in a living God in a present day God one that is the I am the same yesterday today and forever I pray Lord as a son of man who's revealing himself from heaven reveal him in our flesh today let him be known in the bright body around the world wherever she's gathered Lord I pray that you'll meet the needs of your people Lord, may our faith arise today to conquer every demon spirit. Bring it under our control for the glory of God. Today we give this service to you, Lord. Ask you with anointed to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. If you would stand with me for the reading of the word. I'm going to read from Daniel chapter 11. We'll read from the 32nd verse 
Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, and we welcome you into his presence. Amen. For in his presence is the fullness of joy. Amen. Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Let me read that portion one more time. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Then down to chapter 12, and we'll read from the first verse there, if you will, with me. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that be shall, shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, o Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. Even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. And then skip down to verse 8. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm going to be speaking today on position with power and authority. As we look into the promises of God's divine word today and look to him to minister to hearts and lives, reveal himself to us through the word. As I spent some time this week just um, doing a little bit of reflection, I couldn't help but notice um, a, a beautiful sunset that I was allowed to see. And of course, as, as I watched the sun setting and going down, and um, I, I couldn't help but think of my own life and where I was in time. And, and how that, you know, as you, you start off um, a newborn and, and uh, with the sun shining very weakly and then coming up on in its strength and its teenage years and finally reaching its zenith and its full power and then goes in and begins to wane. And, and um, I began to look at my own life and realize, you know, um, a good portion of it, the most of my life as far as here on this earth is behind me. And as I face the setting sun, I began to think of others that friends of mine that are even closer to the setting of sun and and um you know so I kind of went to bed that night um just 
a little bit melancholy thinking about these things and about those that are coming close to the setting of their sun here upon the earth. And um, I um, got up early the next morning. And when I got up in the morning, I, I got up before the sunrise rose and looked over and saw it coming in the, the pink again. And I, I thought about that sun that set the night before and, and how that it looks like it all comes to the end, but it comes again new every morning. And I thought about our lives that it does not end here upon, upon this time and this cycle of time, but there is a new day that is dawning. And even for the world that we're living in, as we look here and see the evening lights um, that, are, that are shining here in this end time, and we realize that, um, that even though that this day is coming to an end, the Gentile dispensation is coming to an end, there is a promise of a new day to dawn. The world as we know it, being in the sixth day of man, in the 6,000 years that it coming to the end of the day of man and about to bring a Sabbath rest upon the earth for the great millennial reign. And we are here this morning welcoming an, um, a, a king that is coming. Amen. A king that will rule over this earth in peace and in justice with a scepter of a rod of iron, meaning that there will be nothing out of his control. And, and so as I, as I was reflecting on some of these things, I, I um, just happened to be going through some, um, some, some historical events and just looking back um, just a little, back, a little bit and remembered that in uh, 1933, which is some 85 years ago, now that the heavens opened and the voice of God rang out of the heavens as John the Baptist forerun the first coming of Christ, you're sent with a message to forerun the second coming of Christ. And I want to assert to you that those words are just as true today as when they were spoken 85 years ago. That that word of God has not changed and God has not changed his mind about bringing the path his coming. And in fact, the matter is, we are in the very midst of the seventh seal or the opening up, the breaking of silence, the beginning the cycle of the end time. And we're here in a time where, where we're in the very coming of the Lord Jesus, where that he is preparing a bride for his namesake. You know, I, my thoughts went back to things that I had read from a Man Sent from God, which was a book that well, we got back in the, um, the early 50s as a family. We received this book. And, um, and, they, and they recorded in that book, A Man Sent from God, which was a testimony of William Branham's life and ministry. And uh, it talked about how that in 1946, that after Brother Branham had been to Houston, Texas, and he went on to... Um, uh, other other places that that as he was moving around the the southern states, and he went to San Antonio, Texas, 
And this is, uh, this is 1946, which is 72 years ago. And um, it, it echoed again. There was a prophecy that rang out actually twice that year. It was, um, it, it, it happened that as Brother Branham walked out onto the platform in San Antonio, Texas, and uh, stepped up to the pulpit, there was a man on the um, pulpit, on the platform rather, where a bunch of ministers was there, moved by the Spirit of God, began to speak in other tongues. And, and way back in the back of the audience, there was another man. He was dressed like a cowboy, kind of Western clothes. And, and um, he stood up and he interpreted the tongues. And, and he said, as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, that, that this one walking on the platform here will, will prepare a people for his second coming. And, and so, you know, this, um, this was so startling to the point that Brother Branham, knowing this was what had been said in 1933, and this is 1946, many years later, he turns to the man and he says, Sir, do you know me, that one that had spoken tongues? He says, No. He said, Do you know the man out there that interpreted the tongues? He said, No, I've never seen him before. And he said, Sir, back there, have you ever seen this man? He said, No. He said, Do you know me? He said, no. He said, I I just came in, just heard about the meeting today and just walked into the meeting. The Spirit of God just struck me and I spoke those words. And he said, well, those were the exact same words that God spoke to me in 1933 while I was baptizing in the Ohio River. That as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, you're sent with a message to forerun the second coming of Christ. And, and then, you know, then again, um, it, was, it would be sometimes later that same year, Brother Branham would walk into a meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and there would be a, a sister by the name of Anna, Anna Schrader. Um, and Anna Schrader, this is all recorded in the book, A Man Sent from God. So this is, this is something that Gordon Lindsay actually wrote and put in there. But he said, Anna Schrader uh, jumped up in that meeting and spoke in tongues and interpreted. And she spoke exactly those same words again. As John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, you are sent with a message to forerun the second coming of Christ. And I, th- I thought about it that, you know, um, you know, how that some 20 years later after 1946, I myself would hear these words for my first time and it would stir my boyish heart to believe that we are in the fulfillment of the times of the Gentiles. Amen. We we believe the bride was being called out of a church and so she was. A resurrection was happening as God was calling a bride out of the tombs of religion and and denominational confusion uh, to be formed into the living word of God. And thus becoming a voice, she has called her kind from almost every nation of the world, from dead creeds to life. And as we, as we re- come into this time and near the end, 
I, I think even the, the prophecies that are laying on the scriptures ought to become more real to us. Even as God back um, many years before Jesus was even born in the days of Moses, he had an exodus where he was calling the people out. And we are now in another exodus. We're in another time where that God is calling an elect and bringing, preparing a bride for the coming of the Lord. Now, there have been many exodus, we know, down through time, but, but um, that God called a, a separation where, from where they were to go into a land of promise. And, and again, that when we, when we think of that exodus there, it was God that had given a, a promise. And he was getting ready to fulfill his divine promise word that he had given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and yet years had passed and hundreds of years had transpired. I think over 400 years had went, went since those words had been given. But here's the thing I want to get to you this morning. God never forgets his promise. In the season, in due time, God always makes his promises right. He brings them to pass just as he said. He don't go back on the word. He cannot lie. And if God would confirm to us over and over and over and over again with supernatural signs, I'm sending a message to prepare the hearts of some people for the second coming of Jesus Christ. I say today, we are in a great hour of fulfillment. It doesn't matter about the voices of confusion that are in the world and in the land today. God has not forgot his promise. He is still just as real today as when he spoke it then. And that word is just alive today as when he was spoken right then. Amen. Time does not change the word of God. Though it grinds slow but sure, there's a reason sometimes for what seems to be the delay. And we'll speak about that in a moment scripturally. But, but I want you to know you can rest assured that what God promised in this Bible, he's going to do it. What God promised in this end time and confirmed, he's going to do it. Amen. There's no need of thinking anything else. Amen. Well, maybe the prophet was wrong. Or maybe these, maybe this tongue's interpretation was wrong. Maybe the, the, they were confused. Maybe they got it wrong. Maybe it just can't happen in this day. Well, you know, even then, when, when um, Moses was raised up, it looked impossible to get all of those people who had set down deep roots down in Egypt to get them uprooted from there and move them over into a land of promise. It looked totally impossible and improbable. It will never happen. I mean, even, even they didn't believe it would happen. The promise was long forgotten and, and they thought God had went back on his word and had forgotten what he said or changed his mind. But I want you to know in the due season... Amen. In the due season. Amen. When it became time. 
Amen. God began his work of deliverance. Hallelujah. Begin to prepare the way. Begin to prepare the way. Now, the preparation would take many years. It would start with, the, with a, a man and a woman who had a burden. And they began to cry out to God for deliverer. And then it would come with the birth of a baby. And then that baby would be put into the Nile and seemed like raised up and taken away in the Pharaoh's kingdom. And he would never, he would never give up his right to a throne for, for these people. It would never happen. You know, and it comes to points of time that it looks like it will never take place. A promise will never come. God promises for your healing. It looks like it'll never come. How could it be? Oh, it is impossible. It's a, the doctor said this or, or this situation here. Friends, we cannot look at all of that. We have to get our eye black on the one who gave the promise. Who said, I will never leave you or forsake you. A God who is a present tense God. That wants to make himself known even this day in a present tense form. He never forgets his promise. He makes his promise right. Now, finally, finally, once even Moses raised up hearing that he was born a special boy and he was, a, he was anointed and, and was chosen and ordained for a special job and taught by his mommy before he goes to Pharaoh and Pharaoh's daughter and to be raised there. He, he gets all this instruction. This is what you're going to be. Don't ever forget who you are. And yet he finds himself in complete failure. And he finds himself out in the desert. And he finds it's out there after he, had, he himself had long forgotten the promise. God hadn't forgot the promise. And without warning. Did you hear what I said? Without warning. Here he comes a burning bush. A pillar of fire begins to appear among them. And chains of events starts taking place. Amen. As the end time starts being wrapped up. And the exodus becomes in the full swing. Now, I'm sure, sure you got to get, get this today. And let the spiritual mind catch it. God, is, God has made it clear to us. He's having an exodus in this last day. He's made it clear. There's somebody going to escape the tribulation that's coming. And what a, what a, 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 a joy that ought to put in our hearts this morning. When we look at the insanity in the world. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. Amen. But let me tell you, we are holding a promise within our hearts. That he's not going to leave us here. But there will be somebody that will escape the things that are coming upon this earth. What a promise that is. We look to Acts chapter 7, 17, and, and it would be recorded there. When the time a promise drew nigh, when God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. Notice what it, what, the, the wording of the Bible. When the time a promise drew nigh. 
comes a time of promise. Amen. There comes a time of fulfillment. There comes a time where you're in waiting, and then there comes a time in fulfillment. And when the time of promise do not, God has a time for the promise to be fulfilled. Amen. Like I said, and it can come very suddenly. It can come very quickly. It can come unsuspecting. But yet again, it comes. It may come when, when you forgot it, when others forgot it, when the churches forgot it. And when I think of the insincerity in the religious world today and, I, and, the, and the confusion that is in the religious circles today, they have long forgot there is the coming of the Lord that we are in. I thought about, I thought about, you know, here recently just even watching someone, you know, with a puppet show and, and uh, doing, doing a little puppet show to give a testimony of some of the things that's happened in our generation. And I said, oh God, how we have cheapened. We have cheapened the very gospel of Jesus Christ. The very things that ought to be sacred and ought to be real to us. We, we cheapen it with, with, with fiction and treat it as if it's just all a fairy tale. And, and so we, we take it and supplement it with, with puppet shows because we've lost the sincerity. We lost the genuineness of, of the real move of God and the move of the Holy Ghost and the real desperation and the real passion. I'll tell you, church, it's going to take a people with some passion. It's going to take a people with a drive in them. Amen. With a people that are hang on to a promise. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. Amen. I'm not laying down the promise. I'm going to hold on to that promise. No matter what takes place, I'm not letting go. It just reminds me. Of in William Brannan's meetings there, that there was there was some cases there where um, epilepsy had would would uh, had happened with a little child, and and there was a whole group of people that were were just mocking and making fun and 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 wasn't being reverent, and he called from be reverent and you know be 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 sincere. And then finally, he just he said, well, I, I can't let this little child suffer because of these people. And he, he, um, he, he cast out that demon out of that, that child that was writhing in front of him and, and frothing and writhing back and forth with, with an epileptic fit on the platform. And he cast it out, and the child becomes still. And, and there was 15 people all at one time fell down with epileptic fit. Because they didn't reverence. And he learned there from that. That when those happened. If people would just be reverent. That those spirits wouldn't go from one to the other. Even if you didn't believe. If you just could be reverent. And so there was an official in Phoenix. That came to this meeting. And there was another child. That, that was in this same condition. And, and um, this man. Uh, you know, he, 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 this child was writhing on the floor in an epileptic fit. 
And he was dealing with it. He, he'd ask everybody, bow your heads, be reverent. Even if you don't believe, just, just be reverent, bow your head. And he kept feeling a, a stream of unbelief coming somewhere. And he, he looked up and there was a man that, that just defiantly was, was holding his head up and looking and staring and, and, and with a smirk on his face because he thought it was just psychology. And so he thought he could just expose this prophet of God. But he just using some kind of psychology. And he, he said to, uh, he looked over to the man. He said, sir, I'm asking you again, bow your head. Even if you don't believe, just be reverent and, and bow your head. And the man, he, he made a gesture like, I don't have to do it and smirked. And so he, he said, well, I, I can't let this child suffer because of this one man. So he he prayed, he prayed for this um, child and immediately the spirit left him. And the man, the man, um, you know, just kind of had a smirk on his face like, I told you so, I didn't have to bow my head. I didn't have to reverence. I didn't have to show any reverence or respect. And it would be about three months later, he would be going into another meeting and he just came out of the service and got back to his hotel. And there was a group of people that was standing there. And a woman came running to him and said, Oh, Brother Branham said, I've been going from meeting to meeting after meeting with my husband. And said, he's the one that wouldn't reverence and bow his head. He's an official in Phoenix. And he wouldn't reverence the gift of God and, and said he, he went home and he absolutely lost his mind. He don't know who he is. He, he don't know the time of day. He said, I, he won't even eat. I have to spoon feed him and even give him water in a, in a teaspoon. And he said, he's, the, he's in a dying condition. And she grabbed a hold of him, fell at his feet and grabbed a hold of his, of his, as, of his feet. And, and was holding him right there and said, I'm not letting you go until that you, you minister to my husband. Well, Brother Jack Moore and those brothers, they, they said, is that the man? So we'll take him to the room. She said, well, I'm not letting him go. And she held on to Brother Branham's legs and they literally had to pick Brother Branham up with the woman hanging on to him and drag her all the way down into the room. And they finally got her into the room. And there, there they convinced her, let him, let him go now. And as, and as Brother Branham said, now, God sent an angel of God. Do you believe? He said, if I can get the people to believe, there will nothing to stand before my prayer. Will you believe? She said, with all my heart, I believe, Brother Branham. I, I'm not letting go until my husband is healed. Forty-five minutes later in the prayer... The man suddenly come to his senses. And when this time when he did, he, he said, who are you? Oh, Brother Branham. And he throws his arms around him, totally healed and made well. But what was it? Even in that condition, there was a woman who wouldn't let go of the promise. And that's the way we've got to be. And then we're not letting go of the promise. It doesn't matter how wrong we've been. It doesn't matter how stooped in sin we've been. And how undeserving we are of receiving the blessing. Amen. I'm not letting go until I get a hold of that divine promise and have that deliverance. 
That's what it's got to be. When God gives a promise, I'm hanging on to it. There ought to be some people in this building this morning that has that same tenacity, that has that same perseverance. Amen. I'm laying hold on a promise. I need God. I need a living God. Amen. I want the power of God. I want that. I want to know what my authority is. I want to be able to operate as a son of God. And I'm laying hold on a promise. A message has come to prepare me for his coming. preparation for the time of promise God begins to move he begins by for, for by sending gifts to the earth to prepare for his coming when Israel was going home we see her going home today sometimes I have a little clip sometimes I wish I could show it there uh, when Mr. Trump announced that he was going to put the embassy back in Jerusalem, the Jews took to the streets, began to scream out to God, and began to rejoice and, and praise God because they are looking for deliverance. Understand, they are our counterpart. Amen. When we hear of a message of deliverance, that God is, uh, is giving us back every divine promise. It ought to cause the bride to rise up. Amen. And rejoice. And shout the victory. Because God promised the word. And God is not like Trump. He always brings to pass everything he says. Because this God can't lie. And no circumstances is too great for him to control. Mr. Trump is at the mercies of his, of his handlers, of his party, and then of, of, the, of the, whole, the whole government system. But God isn't. And before that Israel can become totally into her inheritance, there's got to be a bride lead from here. We have the message of his coming. God, as we see all of this, God sending gifts to try to create in us a faith. Remember, this is the whole purpose of Malachi 4 was to turn our hearts back to faith. To turn us away from the unbelief of the age, of the, of the skepticism, the doubt. You know, the unbelief. Bring us back to faith. You know, again, God sent his gifts to create us in us a faith to move out of here someday into a rapture. And when doing that, he heals the sick. He opens the eyes of the blind. He raises the dead. And as we've seen and you hear testify, put hair back on a little girl, remove a brain bleed, cause a little child to walk who never could. Are you with me? Amen. All kinds of things that God is doing. Amen. This is a God. This is this is the way that God moves. 
Amen. And when we see those things, it ought to make us even say, God, come this morning. Come by this morning. I thought about, I'm thinking about that just now when my wife was laying there in the bed with the brain bleeding, the baby at the, at the foot of the bed, unable to walk. And just there, and even her own self, endowed in wonderment and, and in sadness and melancholy and tears and, and all anguish of my life. What will it be like? You know, a little precious sister, Dale Smith's um, uh, sister-in-law, just passed away after laying four years. As his testimony was, she couldn't scratch an itch. She had that same brain bleed, same place, same location that my wife had. And there, laying there that day in the bed and thinking these thoughts, negative thoughts, faithless thoughts, thoughts of unbelief, thoughts of hopelessness. Maybe something like that with you this morning. Some of you can deal with the same thing of hopelessness, of helplessness. It'll never get any better. This is just the way my life is. You know, I'll always have to deal with this sin. I'll never be able to rise up above that. And all of a sudden, her thoughts begin to change. And she began to think about the Lord and how good he was and how great he was and how his power is so wonderful. And the Holy Spirit, with that atmosphere changed, began to sweep down through that room and the sight come back to her eye. And there the baby got up that had never walked 18 months old and ran all over the house. Amen. Why? Because the attitude was changed from doubt to faith. Amen. Brother Brandon would say we gather in his name. He said not so much say in the name of Jesus, but in the attitude that he's present. If we would realize he's present this morning, if we would recognize he's in our midst, that he's never left us, he's there within speaking this to every one of you this morning. Months before it happened, we were told that seven angels would appear. Months before it happened. There, there in 1963, those seven angels did come. And the complete revelation of the seven seal mystery of God was unfolded. You can call that mysticism. You can call that foolishness. You can dismiss it. But I'll tell you this, in every age, it's always been the supernatural that prevailed. It was always the supernatural that was disbelieved and scoffed at. But there is signs that is that points to the coming of the Lord in our generation. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, it says, the Lord is not slack. Amen. Peter is taken up for his Lord. Said the Lord is not slack. No matter what you're thinking this morning, the Lord is not slack. That word slack actually means slow. The Lord is not slow. He's not dragging his feet. 
He, you know, there's a purpose in this. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As men, some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to uswards, not willing that any should perish, but all to come to repentance. So God has held things back, waiting on you. When I received that message back, as I said, you know, some, when I, when I was about and heard these things, for my first time, 10 or 11 years old, that I, that I can remember hearing it for my first time, you know, I, I think about how many of you, how many of you that never, never would have had a chance, would have never been there, if he would have called it to them then. But his long suffering has made it where that you too remember every name that is written in the book of life. Do you remember what we read to begin with? Every name. We cannot go until every name has been dipped in blood. Amen. The blood life for Jesus Christ. The, the of the Holy Ghost and I just say God may not be slack but some of you are slackers you delay you wait you try to wait for another time put it off for another day give it another time another, maybe not this service Maybe another service. I like to see it where people say, I can't wait no longer. Amen. I must have it now. Amen. I'm not putting it off for another day. We're going to get better another service. Come on. Amen. You know, sometimes we, we, you know, even, even with with baptism or whatever, you know, well, uh, you know, today ain't convenient or tomorrow ain't convenient or next Sunday would be more convenient or this next time would be more convenient. I like to see it where, where it, it drives in the heart of a person. I can't wait another day. I'm not putting it off another time. I want to see the word fulfilled in my life. I want to come in obedience so that I want the blessing. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as men count slackness, but is long suffering to us for not willing that any should perish. God so loves you. He don't want any of you lost. He'd been waiting a long time for this. He's had his coming planned a long time to have that glorious bride without spot or wrinkle. We'll go to Luke chapter 1 and verse 20. Here is a visitation again from an angel of God. The angel comes to Zechariah, the father of John, the Baptist. And he should have believed. But he wouldn't believe. And because he began to speak things that was contrary to what the angel said, God struck him dumb. 
He shut his mouth. Verse 20 says, And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. Because I believe it's not my words. And I want you to get this. Which shall be fulfilled in their season. There is a season for fulfillment. There's a time a promise is given. And then there is a time where that of the season of fulfillment. You know, it's just like Joseph. He gets a word from God. Actually, visitation from Almighty. That he's going to, his brothers will bow down to him. His father and mother, sun and moon, 12 stars all bow down before him. And so on like that. And, and so he, he, he gets these, these supernatural heavenly visitations. And we'll speak about that in a minute again. But right now, Joseph gets that and, and receives that. But you see, it's a word that has been spoken and given, but is not at the season of fulfillment. And it will be years. It will be a lot of training. It will be a lot of things and changes that has to happen in Joseph. Amen. Come on. There were, there were, before the change could happen in his brothers where they bowed down and recognized him in his position, there had to be first a change in him. Amen. And so, again, it, you know, it, it would be, be times and it would be like partial fulfillments, you know, where it looks like it's going to happen. And, and here, I, here I come, and he gets in the pot of his house from a slave. You know, Joseph has to learn the, the whole culture of the Egyptians. He's going to be the ruler over them. Is that right? He don't know their language. Remember when his brothers come? They couldn't understand Egyptian. And so Joseph, when he's sold there, he don't know Egyptian either. He has to learn the language. There's a lot of things that he's got to learn before the vision can be fulfilled. There was a process. Amen. But the word had been released. And nothing could keep it from its fulfillment. But it would come in its season. I'm trying to get some things to you. There has been word released. Amen. But in these days, God has been preparing a people to get them ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus. Amen. And there needs to be some preparations. There had to be some preparations. Now, this would be spoke Fulfilled in their season. Galatians 4 4 speaks about the coming of the Lord Jesus. Even he had to come in a certain time. Could not could not be manifested before the time. So in Galatians 4 4 he said, And when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. Made of a woman made under the law. But notice the phrase, when the fullness of time was come. There comes a time for fulfillment. And the time has to reach its fullness. 
Amen. The Bible said that we are in the dispensation of the fullness of times. Where all things are being wrapped up and finished up. Now, so even for Jesus to come, he couldn't come out of season. He had to be there at a certain time. He would be there at a certain place. He would have to be born in a certain city. There would be, there would be events that would take place. And it looked like, it looked like um, you know, the, the hand of Satan the moving there when a, a, a woman is, is full term and expecting a baby. For an awful decree to come out that, that Joseph would have to leave where he was to travel for miles. Perhaps his wife wanted a donkey or maybe they walked. I don't know how they went. But anyway, they went. And they get there. And, and they get there into Bethlehem. Why was it Bethlehem? Because the prophet had said, you know, Bethlehem, that out of her, out of her would come a ruler. And so she had to be positioned at the right place for fulfillment. And the baby could not come even though it had been spoken. Even though it was being formed. It could not come until that it was in position where the scripture said it must be. And I'll tell you the same thing. There's got to be a bride in position in the place in the scripture amen that's been spoken of her in this last day in order for the fulfillment to take place now we come to Luke chapter 21 and verse 24 and the Bible speaks about the wrapping up of the times of the Gentiles and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations And Jerusalem shall be trotted down to the Gentiles. Until, what's now? Until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So now the Bible speaks that Israel cannot become a nation and cannot come into her full inheritance until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And yet, they're already getting in position. After 2,000 years of them being dispersed among the nations, God has called a people back. And Jerusalem is now a nation, and our, our Israel is now a nation, and, and, and Jerusalem is about to be recognized, even by our government, as the capital of Israel and all of these things that are spoken of and, and listen to me again it is because there is a time of fulfillment and we're about to fulfill the times of the Gentiles amen and when the bride leaves from here the time of the Gentiles is over with and the gospel turns back to the Jews but already they're getting in position they're fully they're feeling the call are you with me now? Even supernaturally walls that went that come down in communist countries that have held them prisoners for years and years and under bondage. And they've come from the east and the west. They've gathered from lands afar. They come from all kinds of cultures and nations and colors and everything else. Remnant of Israel coming back to the homeland. 
That ought to stir something on the inside of our hearts this morning. Knowing that God is also calling from the east and the west, from the north the south, out of every denomination. Calling a bride back to the word again. Hallelujah. Coming back to the homeland. Why are they there to receive their Messiah? Why must we be in our homeland, the word of God, to receive our Messiah? Positioned. Position is everything. When Jesus died and was buried, in fact, the whole life of Jesus, they had all kinds of expectations for this Messiah. They had wrongly applied the scriptures, they looked for him to come. They were wanting, you know, carnal man wants more a deliverance as Israel or Jews did. Wanted a deliverance from Rome. Wanted deliverance from, you know, you know from that. And to have a, a, a national ruler again, a son of David. To be looked at and esteemed and recognized as the blessed people of the Lord. Are you with me? And man, so... You know, when Jesus came, he, he was that Messiah, but he did not meet their expectations. Neither did he agree with their interpretation of the scriptures. And today, Judaism continually rejects Jesus because they say he did not, he did not meet the qualifications of the Messiah. And even though due to do that, they have to ignore hundreds of scriptures and hundreds of events, thousands of events. You talk about miracles and signs and wonders. Why the book of John said, if he could record everything that Jesus did and the miracles and healing, he said, I, I suppose all the books in the world would not be able to contain everything that he did. God so displayed himself. But it didn't matter how much the supernatural was displayed. They went right on in their blindness. They went right on in their unbelief. Denying, denying that this could be the Messiah. Don't you know Laodicea is prophesied to be blind just like that? Amen, where they, they will ignore scripture after scripture. And men are too intent on kingdom building. Of building up a denomination or a churchism rather than to see a people prepared for the coming of the Lord. Now, Jesus, when he died and he was buried and rose again, they were... Even his disciples were confused. They didn't understand until he opened up their understanding. That, in other words, he would, as the book of Daniel says, when he opened their understanding, that he that he unsealed the words. He he said, Daniel, the words are sealed to the time of the end. And there were these things that were sealed from the disciples. They, they, they were trying to see. They were trying to understand. And then they would even speak and get so inspired. 
Peter would get so inspired and he would point him out. This will never happen to you. You will never go to the cross. You And Jesus would have to turn around and recognize his inspiration. And said, I, Satan, I rebuke you. Because you savor the things of men and not of God. Because he recognized that what he was speaking was against the Father's word. Even though he was inspired and enthused and moved. It was not by the Spirit of God. It was driven by a desire. A selfish desire. Of a kingdom. And I'll be in power with him. We will rule. We'll have authority. Unconverted men want nothing better than to build their own kingdoms. Are you with me? Jesus would turn to them there in Luke chapter 24, verse 44. And he said to them, these words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled. What's the words again? Which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets in the Psalms concerning me. And then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. You see, there was nothing wrong with the scriptures. There was something wrong with their understanding. And it took an opening of their understanding so that the scriptures would be open to them. Are you with me? This is important because we come in the last day where there's a seven-sealed book of redemption. Amen. And it's an opening of understanding so that we can understand the scriptures. We can see the day, the hour that we're living in. Are you with me now? Now, okay, so he opened their understanding that they might, un- might understand the scriptures. Oh, what a parallel to our day. I think in how in, in 1960 that God began to open the church's understanding. There were in the book of Revelation also known as the unveiling of Jesus Christ. That's what revelation means, the unveiling, the apocalypse, the unveiling. Which speaks of a future revelation that could only be made known at the end time. If we think about even how that this book was brought, it was even after Paul was off the scene, Paul never mentions the book of Revelation. Um, only, only John mentions it. It's to him that's given this revelation. The disciples are largely off the scene at the time. And here comes an unveiling of God that is something that is being written that will be fulfilled in the end time. God leaving a word specifically for this generation so that you and I would not be without understanding, but there would be some wise that know their God and because of the knowledge of God that they could do exploits with these words that was be given. Are you with me now? Now, this, it was as, as I was saying, God began to open a our understanding, even in, in 1960, the seven church ages would be revealed. And we would know we were in the age of Laodicea. Think about that. No other, no other generation 
has known where they were. But we can declare to you today, we're in the last days. We can declare to you, this is the last days, little children. Amen. We can even judge it by the word. And we can see the symptoms upon the church world today. Upon a Christ-rejecting world. Amen. Now, they'll, re- they'll accept a program. They will accept entertainment. They will accept a society of religion. But they don't want Christ, the word, to have preeminence in their lives. And church becomes a social club. The revival fur dies down and it gives away to lukewarmness. Neither cold nor hot. Just tepid. You know, not just totally in denial, but not on fire either. And God said, that kind of people makes me sick. I'd rather you be cold. Amen. I'd rather rather you be in complete denial than to to be this way toward me. The lukewarm, uncaring, indifferent. Are you with me? Amen. And, And yet that's where it comes in this last day. Men fight with that lukewarmness, with that indifference. And there's no passion to know the word. There's no cry for the reaching out of the spirit. And people instead are looking for some kind of entertainment. Now, there would be supernatural events that would herald this and bring this about. Be one October morning in that year, while out hunting, Brother Branham would be directed to a certain place in the woods. And there he would go, knowing God was wanting to speak to him. And, and he would lay himself prostrate there on the, on the ground in the woods there. And God would speak to him about Revelation 1 and about the seven angels. And the seven churches. And the seven golden lampstands. And all of this symbology that is written in the book of Revelation. It would be, it would be there later that year. That was October later that year at the Thanksgiving meetings in Shreveport. At Life Tabernacle here in Louisiana. That Anna Schrader, the one who had given that prophecy in 1946. Stating there nearly ever uh, you know, st- stating nearly word for word what had been said at the river in 1933 as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ. You're sent with a message to forerun the second coming of Christ. Anna Schrader was in that meeting in Shreveport. And again, she spoke in tongues and interpreted and confirmed what the Lord had just told him just days before while hunting, repeating back to him the very words that he had heard from the Spirit of God. Now, it had been earlier there that year that it was in Life Tabernacle that a woman from the First Baptist Church showed up into the Life Tabernacle Church there in Shreveport. And, and she was a Baptist woman, not knowing 
not knowing anything about the Pentecostal movement and speaking in other tongues. And she walked into that church that day and the Holy Spirit fell upon her. And she began to speak in tongues. And before she could say anything, the Holy Spirit gave the interpretation and said, Thus saith the Lord, within three months there will be the spirit of Moses, Elijah, and Christ ministering in this tabernacle. Amen. What was it? It was God. It was God signifying that his spirit was moving. Amen. That God was moving in a special way in this generation with one sign after another sign after another sign. Amen. So that you would know this was the truth. Amen. At that same time, a Baptist man from Meridian, Mississippi started out to the meeting there. That Thanksgiving meetings in 1960, he laid his hands on the refrigerator to get something out of the refrigerator, and the Spirit of God has come upon him. He spoke in tongues, not knowing what he was doing before he could understand what he was doing. The Holy Spirit spoke back and said, Go to Shreveport, Louisiana. My servant will tell you what to do. He came to the meeting under expectations. What am I telling you? What was God doing? God was trying to position us. Amen. Position us in the scripture for the last day. To let us know by signs, by wonders, by vindication of the Holy Spirit. That he was doing something significant in this age. So that you would know your day of visitation. So you would know you were in the Laodicean age. That you would know this is the last day. And there's going to be some overcomers in this last day. That will wear, wear the white raiment. Amen. That will have the gold of character. Are you with me? A people that are thrown worthy to sit with him on his throne. I'm talking to you this morning. I'm talking to hearts that have been turned. Amen. God wanting you to know, position you, preparing the soil that it was time. It was time that God was moving upon hearts to believe. Just turn up a faith within them. Remember, that's the whole purpose of this message. Don't go to sleep on me. That's the whole purpose of this message, to to just tear up a faith within us. Amen. Listen, I have prepared too much. I have prayed many days. I have waited for this time. And I'm just telling you, don't let the devil rob you. Amen. You be on the you, you ought to be on the edge of your seat. Amen. The Holy Spirit is speaking something. You ought to open that heart of yours. Amen. And say, God, come speak to me today. Amen. Come awaken that faith on the inside of my heart. That I can know my position and where I am, so that in that position I can act with an authority. That I can speak in power and authority, knowing who I am, and that God has called me to this day, to this hour, to this time. Because we're in the hour of fulfillment. You know, God did many things to prepare the soil, to get people ready for supernatural events. 
that would happen here in the end time to get people to start believing. You know, he would, he would, do, he would go to, to the extreme. Did you hear what I said? God would do some extreme things to, to stir people to get to a place where they could start believing. Amen. I, I, I last, last night I, I listened to an hour testimony of little David Walker who was born in 1934. Now he's the age of our brother Biscoe. But this young boy was at the age of five years old. He, he, was, he, was, he became blind. He got an infection in his eyes. Doctors made house calls in that day and the doctors looked at him and said that the child is hopeless. He will go totally blind. And in the months to come, he went totally blind. And, the, and he, was, he was, you know, one day being that he was in a Christian believing family, his, his dad had, had been a drunk, an alcoholic, had been, uh, lived a terrible life, was about to, to jump off of the Bay Bridge there in California and, and was preparing for that and was sitting there in despondence about his life. Might as well bring an end to my life. And there was a woman walked by and looked on him and said, Jesus loves you. And he said, nobody loves me. She spun back around and I, she said, I said, Jesus loves you. And he said, no ma'am, nobody loves me. I'm about to take my life. She said, I prove to you Jesus loves you. You turn around and kneel down and I'll pray with you and God will show you that he loves you. And he turned around and, and he, he knelt down on the Bay Bridge there and began to, began to cry out to God. She led him in the sinner's prayer and he repented, gave his heart to God. She said, now come follow me. And they walked across the bridge down to a little mission at the foot of the bridge. And said, now go in there and stand at the altar, raise your hands to God and begin to thank him for saving you. And he said, she began to thank God for saving him and the baptism of the Holy Ghost came on him and changed his life. He became an itinerant preacher. And there, when, as an itinerant preacher, he was, he was preaching and, and he'd preach out in the fields. He'd preach out uh, on the street corner. He'd get on the running board of his truck, pull up in a populated place and stand there and preach. He didn't have any education. He didn't have a church. He just had a zeal in his heart to see somebody else saved. His little boy now had went blind. And his little boy was sitting at the table one morning. Little David looked over at his daddy. He's blind though. But he looked his direction and said, Daddy, I feel led to fast. God's telling me to fast for three days. He said, I believe if I, I know if I'll fast for three days, he'll heal my eyes. So he, his daddy said, son, you're too little to fast. Five years old. He said, you're too little to fast. I'll fast for you. He said, no. So I've got to do this for myself. Just give me your permission. I can do it. He said, I'll give you my permission. He went to fasting. He would go out, led out into the woods. Other children were praying. It was a time of, where the Holy Spirit was moving. And people's hearts was getting fertile. To receive of the supernatural. 
And so this little David, as he, as he began to, got down and began to pray at an old stump, he prayed one day. And then he'd come back home, pray another day, all day long, come back home. On the third day, he prayed all through the day, and nothing had happened. He got discouraged. He said, well, you know, I misunderstood. Ain't nothing going to happen to me. I could have been playing with the other boys and heard a voice that, that spoke to him and said, open your eyes and look up. And he, he said, no, I don't want to open my eyes. I, I'm, I might be disappointed. And the voice come again, open your eyes and look up. He said, no, I, I don't want to open my eyes. I'm, I'm afraid I'd be disappointed. I've been disappointed so many times. And the voice come again and said, open your eyes and look up. And he opened his eyes and he saw trees and light. He saw his vision came back to him. The matter run out of his eyes. and He was totally healed by the grace of God. Amen. Not only that, but he, he, he was there around that stump, began to shout and praise God. And the children come find him uh, speaking in another language. We're talking about a five-year-old boy. Amen. I tell you, God can move. It doesn't matter who it is. If it's on a young kid, if it's on a teenager, if it's on an old person. Hallelujah. He moved on Moses at 80 years old. Amen. He can move on you out of your old dry hide. Confused condition. No matter how unbelieving you've been. And you say, well, I've tried. And I've tried. And I've tried. And it'll never work. But I'm telling you, this God moves in his own time. This God is speaking to you this morning. Open your eyes. Look around. God's doing things. He's moving by his spirit. In a prayer meeting on a Wednesday night, his little friend Leon went down to the altar and he got down by the altar to pray with him. And he laid hold on, his, on this boy's pants cuff and began to pray that God would save him. Before you know it, the Holy Spirit flipped him over on his back and he went out of his body for five hours from 9.30 at night to 2, 2.30 in the morning. He saw heaven. He heard a voice saying, go preach my word. And he said, I'm a kid. I can't go preach. And the voice said, I'll be with you. Go preach my word. He said, I don't have any education. I've never been to, went to, went to Bible school. He said, I'll be with your mouth. Go preach my word. And that little boy come out of that vision. Next morning, his daddy asked him, son, what was it God was showing you last night? He said, I don't want to tell you. He said, yeah. I said, you, you tell daddy what was God showing you. He said, he called me to preach. He said, that's fine, son. One day, I believe God will use you. One day when you get old enough and you've been to school and you've learned some things, God will use you. He said, no, Daddy. That ain't what God said. He said, God told me to go preach now. He said, son, you don't know how to preach. 
And he said, but daddy, that's what I told God too. I don't know how to preach. But he told me, I will be with your mouth. And he got up from, he, he, he got up, he, he, his dad said, well, son, you know, you just had a, a, a dream or something. I, you know, you can't preach. And he went on a hunger strike. And he went into one day and two days, three days. And finally his daddy said, son, that's enough of this. I told you to eat. And he said, but daddy, I told you I'm called to preach and you won't let me preach. And he said, but, but daddy, he, the, the, daddy said, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do then. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my belt and I'm going to whip you till you do eat. He said, go ahead and whip me, daddy, because I'm not going to eat until you let me preach. God called me to preach. Little David then, you know, sat there really seemingly stubbornly like that. And daddy said, okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll rent a hall for you for one night. If you'll promise me you'll eat. If you'll get up and eat, I'll do that. He said, okay, Dad, I'll eat. He got up and ate. His dad went and called a certain hall that would sit about a 1,000 people. And he put a little ad in the paper. You know, that, that David, nine years old, was going to preach. Put a little bitty ad in the paper, and he said... You know, he, he called the, 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 the people at the, that had the building and said, you know, uh, we're, I'm gonna, I want to rent this for my son to preach in. He said, well, has he ever preached? He said, no, this will be his first sermon. Well, you don't need a building this big. He said, well, said, that, that's the building we're going to get because, uh, you know, we've got to show this boy, and I don't have a choice. He, he, either I let him preach and prepare a way for him to preach, or he's not going to eat. So I, I'm caught. You're just going to have to rent the building to me or I'm in trouble. So they agreed to rent the building. Put a little ad in the paper. The next night, or that night coming, there was 700 people that was in the building. The mayor was there. The fire chief was there. Every, you know, all lined up in, in there. The town dignitaries all come out to hear this nine-year-old boy preach. And the daddy was so embarrassed and afraid, you know, that he's going to be, look a fool. He, he introduced him, said, now I'm going to have little David. You know, they sang some songs, and we're going to have little David. That's how he got his name. Little David's going to come and share what's on his heart. And he went and hid behind the curtain. Because he, he was afraid it's just going to be a failure. And the little boy opened up, nine years old, opened up his Bible, began to read from the book of Luke, began to preach the gospel. And, and as he began to preach, words come in his mouth he never thought of. Things begin to happen, begin just to flow out of him. And after a bit, he said, I'm done. Now I'm through. And he said, now if any one of you want to receive Jesus tonight, the altar is open. And there were, the altars became full of people. And it was from there he began to preach to 2,500, to 6,000, 10,000, all around the world. Why was it? Because of a God was stirring the hearts of people, getting them ready for the supernatural. Are you with me? He talked about being in the meetings with Brother Branham. He preached some of the meetings for Brother Branham while Brother Branham prayed for the sick. He said, today, he said, I've seen gifts and signs and everything, but nothing ever to compare to William Branham and the ministry that that man had. It was accurate. It never failed. 
And he said, I've seen it imitated, but never can be duplicated. I'm telling you why. Because God was doing something. Amen. He was preparing hearts of people for the coming of the Lord. Amen. A people there to receive a message in this end time. But to do more than receive a message. Then become the voice of that message. Where that message would speak out of people. In this last day. That there would be lived lives of the word. Come on. God living in his people. God was positioning people in places and things and using them for the purpose of getting your hearts prepared for the coming of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible said in that day, Michael shall stand up. Amen. I'm telling you, it's in this generation that Michael has stood up. He stood up for you this morning. He's standing for your need this morning. Hallelujah. There might have been some delays. There might have been a time where the promise looked a long time in coming. But there comes a time when Michael shall stand up. Amen. Michael means who is like God. The image of God. God rising up on the behalf of his elect. I want you to know that's what God's doing. God is standing up. He's standing up for you this morning. Amen. He's risen for your need. Amen. To deal with your heart. To turn you back to faith again. Even in the merry moments of your doldrums, of your unbelief, of your doubting, of your confusion. Amen. Whatever it is, this God is here. Michael is standing up. He's standing up for the children of his people. I'm going to tell you this God we serve. He doesn't slumber and he doesn't sleep. But this God is active on your behalf. He stands this morning. Hallelujah. He's standing up this morning for you, for deliverance, for everyone whose name is in the book of life. Hallelujah. He has stood up for you this morning. He stands to bring deliverance. He stands to bring healing. He stands to bring salvation. He stands on your behalf to defeat every devil, to defeat every enemy, to bring victory in the house of God, to cause people to believe of him. Hallelujah. I'm talking about a God who is standing up on the behalf of his people. I say let the redeemed of the Lord say so this morning. There ought to be an amen, a hallelujah, a glory to God, a thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 your faith, moving out of your doubt, ridding you of sin and unbelief. It's him this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to worship him now with all your heart. Let your blind eyes come open this morning. He's telling you, look around. Seven golden candlesticks are lit. It's the last days. It's the last days, little children. It's the last time. Rejoice in the God of your salvation.
Keep bringing you back to faith. Bringing you back to faith. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the name of God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Lift your voice to him now. Amen. Begin to praise him. Begin to worship him. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Open our understanding, Lord. Reveal yourself to me. Hallelujah. Amen. Let our eyes come open to a living God, to a resurrected Christ, to Michael, who stands up for the children of his people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the name of God. Will you worship him now? Let the musicians come. Come on. Let's worship him now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that men should praise the Lord. Praise him until that unbelief is gone. Praise him until there's an atmosphere in this church where the cripples walk, where the blind sees, where the deaf hears, where the power of God moves out. Amen. Where the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in his wings and brings back the backslider and the unbeliever and brings him to Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Oh, this is not a puppet show. This is not an insincere moment. This is a moment where he's revealing himself. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive power and glory and honor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We appreciate you. We glorify your name, Lord, because you are worthy. Because there is none like you. Your Jesus is saved. Hallelujah. Amen. by of the mouth of thy servant David is said why do the heathen rage and the people imagine the vain thing the kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ of the truth against thy holy child Jesus whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever by hand of thy counsel determined before to be done. 
And now, Lord, beholdeth their threatenings. And grant unto thy servants that with boldness they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thine hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Amen. Let it move this morning. Let it move past your unbelief. Let it move past your doubting. Let it move. The wind of the Holy Spirit moves us this, through this place. Shake us again with the power of God. Amen. You say, Brother Tim, I've been shaken before. Say, shake me again, Lord. Shake me again till I feel again and again and again with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Worship him now. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah.
to us. Amen. I believe that a little child at five years old can give his heart to God because I was one. Gave my heart to the Lord at five years old. We have little Kaylee here that's given her heart to the Lord. Wednesday night we led her to the Lord. Mom and Dad bring her down here. We want to pray with her before she goes to be baptized today. She's going to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus, 
You said, allow little children to come to me and forbid them not for such is the kingdom of God. Lord, you promised us and our children. And Lord, here's a little child coming to you today. Parents bringing her down because she came the other day and gave her heart to the Lord. And Lord, may, oh God, as we baptize her in your name, that you that she'll go forth in the power of the Spirit, living a life of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. And we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Man, y'all go through this door.
Spirit moved on Wednesday night? How many believes the Holy Ghost is here on Wednesdays? Amen. He's here on Sunday. He's on Wednesday. He's here on time all the time. Amen. Little Kaylee gave her heart to the Lord and wants to follow him today in water baptism. She just told me the Lord spoke to her many times to tell her to be baptized. She comes today to take on his name. Now, you know, there's no place in the Bible that anybody was ever baptized other than in the name of Jesus Christ. And so today we're going to obey the Lord and follow him as he commissioned us. And so we've just had prayer for her down at the altar a moment ago. So we're just going to go right with the baptism now. And the Lord Jesus, many years ago, sent me to the world to preach the gospel. And that's the commission I have. It was a great commission to go into the world and preach the gospel and baptize those that believe. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. In obedience to that divine command, I baptize Kaylee Lay in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Has he done something for you? Amen. Well, there's definitely more to come. There's always something more for us in store. And we'll be having a youth service at 415 this afternoon. All the young people are encouraged to attend. And there's plenty of space, so any of the others that want to come, you're more than welcome to come too. It's at 415 in the fellowship hall here. Amen. Come expecting, come believing, come praying for this service, just like you did this one. Let's just sing that again before we go. I'm covered by his blood. Amen. Amen. I'm sorry. When the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. Amen. Aren't you looking forward to that day? Amen. No more fighting. No more misery, no more strife. Amen. A new Jerusalem. And when the battle's over, we shall. 